Click Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. Good morning. Praise be to God. It's good to be on with you. We are back in the studio. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, uh, myself and Adrian. Janelle's been here the whole time. Praise be to God. Of course, uh, David Magianis is here. He's just he's on the sidelines today. He decided to sleep in until, I don't know, 4.30 or some crazy, crazy amount. We'll have to pray for his slothfulness anyway. I'm teasing, of course. But we, we're very grateful for David Magianis pitching in while we were out sick. But back in the studio today, praise be to Jesus. It's uh, it's good to be here. Adrian, how do you feel about that? I love it. It's good to be back. It's, uh, you know, it's not not, not, not as much fun to be uh, doing it from home. Being uh, in the studio makes life much easier. And, uh, you know, it's good to be back. It, it's a lot harder. It's good opinion. to be here. A lot harder to um, to to have the, the right dynamic energy, to have the right interaction, it is uh, it is a lot more difficult to do it from home. So we're very grateful to be here. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Mr. Joe and Adrian. It's good to see you guys again back in the studio. Yeah, praise be to God. Yes. It's good to be here. Uh, we're very grateful for your help to keep the show going while we're out. Thank you. And thank you for doing that. Uh, in fact, we have a great lineup today. Daniel Suazo is supposed to be on with us, the Jewish Catholic uh, convert from Messianism. Uh, in the What's Concerning Us, he was supposed to, was it yesterday? I it was yesterday. I can't remember. <laughs> All the um, days are blending together. So uh, hopefully we'll have a, a What's Concerning Us. But there is a big story. There's a couple of big stories out there that we could jump into. The USCCB uh, general, uh, former General Secretary Monsignor Jeffrey Burrell has resigned after the pillar has uh, published an uh, investigation uh, where it looks as though his cell phone was used uh, in frequent engagements on Grinder, which is a homosexual hookup app. Um, and so in light of that, he tendered his resignation. I believe it was yesterday. So there's a big story out over at the thepillarcatholic.com. In fact, part of the article even says that they contacted the USCCB ahead of publication to share with them the investigation and what they intend to publish to ask follow-up questions, to give an opportunity to have a conversation first before they went public with the information. So that's a big story. Uh, that uh, we could jump into, but uh, we're going to be speaking with uh, Daniel Suazo, the Jewish Catholic from uh, Messianism. And then in our guest segment later in this hour, 35 past the hour, Dr. Jules Gomez is the Rome correspondent for Church Militant. I wonder if you, my dear listener, have ever heard of the Hindu rite of the Holy Mass. Uh, I never had. And I was unaware of this. And, you know, this bring, this is a part of the conversation we had yesterday in light of the new motto proprio from, uh, from His Holiness Pope Francis, Tradizionis Custodis. Um, why just the TLM? Why just the traditional mass? What, what about the Anglican rite of the, uh, what about the Dominican rite? What about the Hindu rite? I didn't even know there was a Hindu rite. Well, Dr. Jules Gomez is going to be on to talk about that story, as well as there's a continuing saga of financial scandal uh, with Cardinal Betchew and others, Cardinal Perlin out of the Vatican. Uh, there was a highway in, uh, I think it was North Carolina that, that, uh, was fake. And millions of dollars of, of donated dollars from all over the world through, through the Vatican were filtered towards this this uh, scam, and that's another story that uh, Jules 
uh, Gomez can share with us in our guest segment coming up 35 past the hour. So a lot to jump into today on the Catholic Drive Time. We're very grateful you're going to be a part of it this first hour. If you can join us at all in the second hour, we would love to have you, of course, because we play our game show, and it's going to feel great being back in the studio to play the game. Uh, Adrian gets to participate again, praise be to God. So um, we're looking forward to that in the second hour. If you can join us, wonderful. If not, we understand. Uh, but you can find the link on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. If you want to watch live, listen live, and and all of that, you can do it right on our website, website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. All right, that's going to be the show. Let's jump into it. Let's pray for your intentions, dear listener, praying for conversion of sinners uh, everywhere, a return to fidelity in the church and... Uh, and convert, just, you know, we want to see sinners uh, make it to heaven. Uh, that's the goal. So let's pray and ask Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, to intercede for all of us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Janelle Lay. Looking at the headlines today, Paprocki defends Latin masses. Bishop Paprocki dispenses two Illinois parishes from restrictions on the traditional Latin mass. Claims they can continue due to the acceptance of Vatican II. Voters back Trump on election. 61% agree with his recent election reform statement. Satan Chews rapper atta- attacks Supreme Court justice, depicts Clarence Thomas as homophobic and perverted. CNBC's dishonest study adds a metric to prevent red states from receiving business. Reported from the Daily Wire, CNBC claims red states are, quote, the worst places to live in America because of voting restrictions and transgender policies. CNBC claims that red Republican-led states are among the worst places to live in America due to voting restrictions and transgender policies. CNBC's top states for business study weighs states according to categories such as infrastructure, cost of doing business, and workforce. However, the news outlet began considering how adequately states protect their citizens from discrimination in its life, health, and inclusion category, which represents 15% of the total score. As a result, CNBC says, based on the data, that the following states are the worst places to live in 2021, as they rank lowest in health, life, health, and inclusion. Arizona, Texas, Nevada, Missouri, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, Louisiana, and Indiana. Eight of the ten affirmationed states are run by Republican governors. The two states that are not, Louisiana and Nevada, have sizable Republican voting bases. In other news, Archbishop prays to Our Lady of Charity for youth arrested amid Cuba protests. Coptic Orthodox Church in British Columbia destroyed in suspicious fire. Costa Rican bishops prohibit celebration of extraordinary form liturgies. USCCB General Secretary resigns amid allegations of improper behavior. FSSP says it is deeply saddened by Latin mass restrictions. Hillican Valley, Biden to appoint big tech critic to Department of Justice antitrust role. House passes host of bills to strengthen cybersecurity in wake of attacks. Bessos returns from flight to space. 
Chicago police are unprepared to handle Floyd protests, according to a monitor group. Senate unanimously passes bill to strengthen Crime Victims Fund. 12-year-old Oklahoma boy died from attempting a dangerous TikTok challenge, police say. Consumer Safety Agency asks Airbnb, Airbnb and others to issue warnings on home elevators following child's death. COVID-19 anxiety eclipses Olympics as athletes test positive. Kidnapped five-year-old saved after she, after she yelled to her neighbors about a monster who allegedly killed her father. AOC sells merchandise for a profit, gets called out for using capitalism to push socialism, and she claims it's not capitalism. And smoke from Western wildfires smother East Coast. I'm Janelle Lay, and those are your headline news for Wednesday, July 21st. God love you. The saint of the day is going to be uh, fun. Is an Italian saint, St. Lawrence of Brindisi. He was born on the 22nd of July, 1559, at Brindisi, Italy, as Julius Caesar Rossi. He was son of Guillermo de Rossi and Elisabetta Masella. He felt an early call to religious life and was educated by the Friars Minor Conventuals of Brindisi, Italy. His father died when he was a boy and was when he was 12 years old. He studied in Venice and joined the Capuchin Friars in 1575 at the age of 16. He took the name Brother Lorenzo. He studied theology, the Bible, French, German, Greek, Spanish, Syriac, and Hebrew at the University of Padua. He was a brilliant student known for his facility faculties with the languages. He, was a, he became a priest and taught theology. He served as a linguist and military chaplain and he was a famous, effective, and forceful preacher in any of his several languages. He founded the convents of Vienna and Graz in Austria, and in Prague, Czech Republic, and he wrote catechisms. He was a chaplain of the Army of the Holy Roman Empire in 1601 and rallied the German princes to fight a superior Turkish force, and he was asked to lead the army into battle at Stoltenweisenberg, which is modern-day Skarsferharver, Hungary, carrying no weapon but a crucifix. The Turks were completely defeated. Master General of his order from he became the Master General of his order from 1602 to 1605, and he was the choice for another term, but turned it down. He carried out important and successful diplomatic peace missions to Munich, Germany, and Madrid, Spain. He was assigned in 1605 to evangelize in Germany, where he had great success. He convinced Philip III of Spain to join the German Catholic League. He was a commissionary general of his order for the province of Tyrol and Bavaria in Germany. He became the spiritual director of the Bavarian army and tended to fall into ecstasies when he was celebrating Mass. In 1965, the Capuchin order compiled 15 volumes of his sermons, letters, and writings. He was proclaimed an apostolic doctor of the church by John the Twenty Third in 1959. He died on the 22nd of July, 1619 in Lisbon, Portugal of natural causes and canonized on the 8th of December, 1881 by Pope Leo XIII. St. Lawrence of Brindisi, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. 
And as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground where it had little soil. It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep, and when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit a hundred or sixty or thirty-fold. Whoever has ears ought to hear the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, this is, uh, I think it's fascinating. One of the first points right out of the gate is, look at the timing of this. It says right away uh, that on that day, on what day? We just talked about this yesterday. The, 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 the mother, the brothers of our Lord were at the door asking for Jesus as he was talking to the people. And what does Jesus say that uh who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Remember that yesterday? You have to do the will of the Father in order to be a brother, a sister, a mother of Jesus. And it was Our Lady's fiat. It was her yes, and it was her willingness to do the will of God perfectly in her life that makes her so incredibly special. Not just her biological connection to our Savior, but her fiat also, and, and more importantly, makes her very, very special. Also remember that we were just talking about one great greater than Solomon is here. And that's, I find, very fascinating in this particular passage. Why? Because of, uh, even Hadock says this in his commentary, he says, for one of the characteristics of the Messiah was that he would express himself in this parabolical manner. And Jesus Christ was pleased that the most minute circumstances should be fulfilled in his person in order that the resemblance between him and the ancient prophets in the mode of instructing might induce the Jews to consider him as the great prophet foretold by Moses. I remember when I went through uh, the Old Testament, New Testament with Dr. John Berg's my scripture professor at uh, Steubenville, he talked about these parallels between Solomon and Jesus. Solomon speaking and teaching through the Proverbs, and Jesus speaking and teaching through the parables. And in the minds of the first century Jews, this would have been triggered. They would have understood this. They would have seen this. This would have intrigued them that Jesus was speaking in these parables. St. Hilary would say, for he was about to speak in parables, and by this action, signifies that they who were without the church could have no understanding of the divine word. The ship offers a type of the church within which the word of life is placed and is preached to those without and who are, who are as being barren. Sand cannot understand it. It is the church. It is the church hidden in this mystery. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. It is here where you'll find the best marriage counselor, greatest healer, wisest teacher, and closest friend. It's a place where you'll escape the chaos of the world and find the lasting peace that only comes from God. Jesus is personally waiting to embrace you now with his divine mercy and healing love. Jesus is calling you home to his sacred heart today. I need your mercy. 
Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up 35 past the hour, Dr. Um, Gomez, the Rome correspondent from Church Militant, is going to be our guest. He's got several articles out on their website um, that are of interest to me. Number one, have you ever heard of the Hindu rite? Um, Dr. Jules Gomez is going to be on to talk about the Hindu rite. I did not know this existed, but it makes me wonder now with the new motu proprio, or are we going to, if we're suppressing the TLM, will we suppress the other rites within the Roman Catholic Church? For, for example, the Hindu rite. How about the Anglican rite? Or the Dominican rite? Or other? You know, I wonder. So Dr. Jules Gomez is going to be on with us to talk about that and other stories at 35 past the hour. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is Daniel Suazo. He is the uh, Jewish Catholic, uh, raised Jewish, kind of Protestant for the most part, and then Messianic believer, now Catholic. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Daniel. Thanks for being on with us. Good morning, Joe, and everybody there. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Now, what part of the world do you hail from? Originally, I'm from New York. Right now, I'm actually living in Tokyo. Nice, wonderful. It's uh, what time of the day is it in Tokyo right now? Right now it's eight p.m., which is crazy <laughs> to think that for you guys it's so early in the morning. Well, eight p.m. would be our bedtime. Actually, <laughs> we get <laughs> up at three a.m. We get up at three a.m. Uh, five days a week, so uh, eight p.m. Oh. is late for us at night. So we're we're grateful for your time. Um, <laughs> let's uh, now Jewish by heritage, uh, right? But raised Protestant. Let's start there. Yeah. So. My heritage, as you said, is Jewish, which means my ancestors are coming in from the Jewish group known as the Sephardic Jews. These are Jews that come from northern Africa, Spain, basically the Iberian Peninsula. However, when my parents moved to the, well, not my parents, but great-grandparents moved to the Americas, they moved to Central America. From there, they started to lose the faith little by little as it was a very Christian area. Afterwards, they moved to the States. There, they became Protestant Pentecostal Christians. And after a while, when I came at a crossroads in my life, I just started questioning everything. It really led me down a path of discovery of myself and the faith, and that led me into Messianic Judaism. And that's basically how I tied my heritage to my faith, still believing in Yeshua, Jesus as Messiah. Mm. So you didn't spend a whole lot of time going to temple or synagogue on uh, on Saturdays? Not during my childhood. It was actually later on in my life that I started doing that. And right now, it's almost a little over a decade that that started. It began first with Messianic congregations, but then I started desiring to build relationships and build bridges with other Jewish uh, congregation. So these would be more like Orthodox Jewish uh, synagogues and other reformed and conservative synagogues as well. 
Let's talk about uh, the messianic component of this, and maybe you can describe yeah. for us, uh, us Gentiles, what what mm-hmm. it's like to be a Jew who then embraces the idea of of Jesus as the Messiah. Well, it depends where you're coming from in this trip, if you will. Uh, for a lot of people, accepting Yeshua as Messiah means rejecting your heritage and being really kicked off your family, which is quite saddening uh, for a lot of cases. In my scenario, however, as my parents were Christian by the time of my birth, there was no problem with me accepting Yeshua. That was my first love. Uh, but for a lot of people, really accepting Yeshua just means a denial of everything that you know. Did your parents think you were backsliding since they were already Christians? Did they think you were like, why are you embracing all this Jewishness in, why are you mixing Jewishness with Christianity? Yeah, you're taking me down memory lane. And absolutely, it was terrible. Um, as a matter of fact, I very vividly remember that as this started happening, it was a really, really tough time in my life. I was living literally in the same shop where I worked in a back room. So I was going through that. This was during my college years. At the same time, uh, while I was learning about the faith in general, I was telling my father about these things as I discovered them. And it became a, a stumbling block in our relationship. And pretty much every time we spoke, mm. it equaled a fight. It was so <laughs> bad that I remember that every time I saw his name in the caller ID, I immediately got nauseous. <laughs> and that's exactly really the feeling that I got. I had a similar, uh, I've had a similar experience with my own family. Trust me, I, I get it. Mm. Um, but uh, we only have about uh, nine minutes left in our conversation. Daniel Swazer, the Jewish Catholic. He's on YouTube, by the way. I encourage you to check out his YouTube channel and uh, you'll be able to dive deeper on the, some of these subjects. But uh, let's go back to Messianism. Um, is the goal of the Messianic community, uh, is it to try to... Uh, stand in the shoes of first century Jews to try to see the, the the Messiah through through the lens of the of the second temple period yeah that's actually exactly how I would put it it's basically trying to look at the faith of Yeshua in the same way that the earliest believers would have done so I find that fascinating because so much of my own study uh, I mentioned during the uh, the gospel segment uh, that I had uh, studied under Dr. John Bergsma, and that's a big part of Bergsma, Han, Petrie, uh, Barber, mm-hmm. you know, that's how, uh, uh, Tim Gray, there's so many of them, these scholars that l- are looking at the, that Second Temple period, looking at the, the old ancient Jewish rabbinic writings to try to mm-hmm. put yourself in the shoes. But here's what gets me about the Messianic community is they also mm-hmm. tend to be very anti-Catholic. Tell me about oh, that. Yeah. yeah, this is absolutely true. As a matter of fact, when the people that I used to congregate with found out that I was looking into Catholicism, they basically started looking at me as a heretic, commenting in all my videos, just saying how I was backsliding. And of course, I had built up a small community through YouTube, so many of my viewers turned against me, if you will, and then just started badgering me with attacks because I was pursuing Catholicism. So what led you to Catholicism? When I started to notice the fact that most of my studies were all about 
Judaism in the eyes or through the eyes of other Jewish scholars, I noticed that I was missing a really important link. And that was actually seeing it through the eyes of the believers in Yeshua. Mm. So it's good to look back at the roots. It's good to have all this information. It gives you perspective. It gives you knowledge and understanding. But the issue was I was missing that part. Who were the believers in Yeshua and what did they really believe? That's Mm. the issue. And that's when I started to notice the big things that really scared me, especially when I started to see how Catholic everything looked. You know, the Messianic Jews, I'm actually not too familiar with the whole situation there. What exactly, why are they anti-Catholic in general? And, um, and what exactly do, do they hold to the New Testament? Uh, How does that work exactly? How do they believe in Jesus in what way? Yeah, so as much as I had to, hate to say this and phrase it this way, I discovered through time that Messianic Judaism, as it is known today, is really birthed uh, from the 1960s, really blew up in the 1980s as a Pentecostal, not Pentecostal, it was more like a Baptist slash Pentecostal Protestant movement with a lot of influence from Judaism. So it was basically Judaism-flavored Christianity, if you will, I guess that's the best way to put it. Mm. And because it carried so much of this Protestant baggage with it, it was just naturally against Catholicism and in a very harsh way. You know, I've known a couple of people who've been caught up in this movement and uh, not Jewish by heritage, but getting caught up Mm -hmm. into this movement, putting on the prayer shawls and doing the whole thing. And I've always been, you know, somewhat... uh, I don't want fascinated is not the word. I I tongue in cheek almost like chuckled at like how could you read Saint Paul and his you know constant war with the Judaizers and still mm-hmm. come to this conclusion that you are to embrace all the Jewish feasts and festivals etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Well, that's a very interesting topic because they will come at you with a lot of very intricate points and a lot of history. And for a lot of people that don't really know, like for myself included, I didn't know much of the things that I know now. So it's really easy to get trapped in the beauty of Judaism and of the ancient and see these things in scripture. And you will actually begin to link it and it will look like what Messianic Judaism looks like now. But now that I see it through the lens of Catholicism, I see many, many flaws within the movement. You know, and there's a there's been a trend at some parishes over the ma- last several decades to uh, sort of embrace the the Jewish culture. In fact, we were talking to Roy Shulman, was it last week? I can't remember. And uh, mm. he's been on several times. And one of the points that he talked about was how we have we have stopped essentially praying for the conversion of Jews. Mm, we right. have stopped the effort. And in fact, you see some parishes holding Seder meals for crying out loud, which is condemned by Saint Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, so this is a very, very interesting topic because there's two issues that seem to be happening. One is the anti-Jewish narrative that seems to be pushed by the church, but in reality is not. It's actually what is perceived of the church. So when Jewish people look at the Catholic Church, it really does look like it's against them. The other issue is going to the other extreme and believing that Judaism itself as it is now is okay when the issue is what we're seeing is rabbinic Judaism completely different mm. than what we see in scriptures, what we call temple Judaism. Yeah, without the temple, there can be no uh, uh, sacrifice, and then of course, um, 
uh, that left no them with, left them with the Pharisees. Essentially, is what we've gotten down to today. We're, we're we're down to about a couple of minutes left in our conversation with Daniel Suazo, the Jewish Catholic. You can find him on YouTube. I encourage you to check out his uh, his channel. Uh, oh, let's let's go back to the early church fathers. This was big for me. It was a uh, mm. anti Catholic Protestant pastor named Alistair Begg that challenged mm. me to go and research the early uh, church fathers uh, because I, the, the question came to my mind. Well, what there must have been early Christians who had an opinion of, of sacrifice, mm-hmm. of, of liturgy, of the Bible, etc. Uh, is there a particular father that stands out to you that really influenced you? Well, it's actually a couple. I would say that for me, the biggest ones were Polycarp, of course, disciple of John, um, Ignatius of Antioch, and then um, Clement of Rome. Mm. All of these really hinted at that fact that you're mentioning, which is that Eucharist is a sacrifice. It is really and truly Yeshua's body, blood, soul, and divinity, perhaps in different language, but that is the same concept. Yeah. You know, uh, real quickly, we have less about a minute left, uh, and I'm going to throw a big question at you. I saw that you've been posting quite a bit about uh, the Jesus and the Jewish roots of Mary. Uh, could you speak briefly about that? Yeah, so the Blessed Mother was one of the biggest things to understand for me, and it was one of my biggest obstacles. Understanding typology was really what got me to understanding the Blessed Mother, but it wasn't until I said, I will accept you with my heart, that everything began to change, and I was able to actually grasp the Blessed Mother. Right now, you see me over here wearing a miraculous medal, praying the rosary every day, all thanks to the Blessed Mother, her pulling me into closer relationship with her son. Amen. The Gibi Ra, the Queen of Heaven and Earth. Praise be to God. Amen. Uh, well, Daniel, we're just about out of time. We're very grateful for you being on our program, sharing a bit of your journey. I imagine you've talked uh, at great length about this on your YouTube channel. Indeed, indeed. Definitely go check it out if you guys haven't. It's, I think you'll find it interesting. All right, Daniel Swazer, the Jewish Catholic. God bless you and God love you. Have a, I guess I was going to say a great day, but your day is over. Have a great night. Yeah, good night. <laughs> From Tokyo, praise be to God. All right, that's, uh, that means we're going to go to break. We're going to come back and we're going to do breaking news and stories with Janelle Lay. And then uh, Dr. Jules Gomez is going to be our guest. He is the Rome correspondent, a church militant. We're going to be talking about the Hindu right and more financial scandal out of the Vatican. All that. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard people say that Christianity is barbaric, that it arose in ignorance? Well, G.K. Chesterton says that as a matter of historical fact, it didn't. It arose in the most civilized period the world has ever seen. It arose precisely at the intersection of three great civilizations, Athens, Rome, and Jerusalem. It combined the philosophy of the first two with the faith of the third. So what's the real reason the opponents of Christianity do not believe it? It's not because it's barbaric and ignorant. It's not even because it's civilized and sophisticated. It's because, as Chesterton says, opponents of Christianity would believe anything except Christianity. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time, 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle Lay, and here are your headline news. Lots of headlines today. At least 25 dead in Chinese province since heaviest rains in 1,000 years. Police in Nigeria secure release of 100 kidnapping victims. LA State Senate votes to override veto of bill that would bar biological males from girls' school sports. Bezos rockets into space, then thanks Amazon employees and customers who paid for all of this. French police take down suspected cannibal after discovering teenagers partially eaten head in a bucket. Colombia government sends $3.9 billion tax reform to Congress amid renewed protests. Hong Kong police arrest former Apple Daily editor-in-chief media. U.S. life expectancy drops 1.5 years, driven by COVID-19 pandemic. House panel upholds $500 mask fines for three GOP lawmakers. Over 15,000 illegal immigrants apprehended along southern border in one week amid spike in large group crossings. Johnson & Johnson vaccine significantly less effective against CCP virus variants, study suggests. Vaccinated White House official and Pelosi staffer test positive for COVID-19 after encounter with Texas Democrats. J.K. Rowling exposes hypocritical intolerance of trans activists who threaten her with rape, death, and pipe bomb. Virginia's school board rejects state senate's transgender pronoun and restroom policies. Loretta sues Biden over flood of illegal immigrants brought into city. Sean Hannity uses his Fox News show to push COVID vaccination. 17 states defend Arkansas law banning child sex changes and puberty blockers. In France, hundreds of thousands protest against new sanitary pass and vaccine regime. Vatican partner World Medical Association to axe conscience objections to abortion referrals from medical ethics code. And from the blaze, Hasbro Whistleblower says company is pushing critical race theory agenda on children through its products. A whistleblower says that Hasbro's mandatory CRT training teaches that even babies can be racist and insists that five-year-old children are showing strong and consistent pro-white and anti-black biases. David Johnson, an engineering contractor with Hasbro's through IT recruitment firm Harvey Nash, reportedly recorded the company's mandatory bias training, which he says was hosted by The Conscious Kid. Kate Ishizuka Stevens co-founder of The Conscious Kid, had said that children's racial biases only increase as they get older, the Daily Mail reported. The Conscious Kid, according to its website, is an education, research, and policy organization dedicated to equity and promoting healthy racial identity development in youth, and offers support in taking action to disrupt racism in kids. Johnson told Fox News that he believed that parents needed to know what was happening behind the scenes of the famed toy and game maker, and warned that the company is set to push the agenda onto the country's children. He first shared the information with Project Veritas, and according to Fox News, said he believes the company wants to use its packaging and other product features to push the ideology on children. I decided to come to Project Veritas because I oppose the indoctrination of children that they want to push, and I felt that more people needed to know about it, Johnson told Project Veritas. 
They want to introduce children into racial bias at an early age before they're really able to understand what race and racism is. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Wednesday. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Janelle, for keeping us up to date. I also want to thank uh, Real Estate for Life, realestateforlife.org, for generously sponsoring a portion of Catholic Drive Time. They connect people who are either buying or selling homes in order to support pro-life organizations like ours. And we're very grateful for that, making it possible for us to uh, to come to you every single day uh, with the latest information, interesting conversation, and much, much more. So thank you realestateforlife.org. There are a couple of stories I would like to jump into, but we are uh, supposed to have a conversation with uh, Dr. Jules Gomez uh, from the uh, Church Militant. He's the Rome correspondent. He's supposed to be on with us at any moment. He's got a story out about the Hindu right that I want to jump into. Before we do that, though, real quick, let me just recap a story out of the pillar. This was a big, this is a big story. It's a pretty big bombshell uh, that's just come out. And uh, so the Pillar reporting here, PillarCatholic.com, it says USCCB General Secretary Burrell resigns after sexual misconduct allegations. This is the the headline. Monsignor Jeffrey Burrell, former General Secretary of the U.S. Bishops Conference, announced his resignation Tuesday after the Pillar found evidence the priest engaged in serial sexual misconduct while he held a critical oversight role in the Catholic Church's response to the recent spat of sexual abuse and misconduct st- scandals. The article goes on to say, quote, it is with sadness that I I inform you that Monsignor Jeffrey Burrell has resigned as General Secretary of the conference, unquote, according to Archbishop Jose Gomez, the president of USCCB. He wrote in a July 20 memo. He goes on to say, quote, on Monday, we became aware of an impending media report uh, alleging possible improper behavior by Monsignor Burrell. Uh, what was shared with us did not include allegations of misconduct with minors. However, In order to avoid becoming a distraction to the operations and ongoing work of the conference, Monsignor has resigned effective immediately, unquote, uh, Gomez asked. Now, right away, let's just stop there for one second. So, uh, basically what happened is his cell phone uh, was uh, found out through the use of data to be connected to the homosexual hookup app Grindr used very actively, almost on a daily basis, uh, 2018, 2019, 2020. And the pillar came across this information and was able to verify that this is, in fact, his cell phone. And the article talks about that, details all of that, where they got the data, how they went about that, how they verified it through an independent contractor, how they shared the information with the USCCB prior to publishing all of it. And what's interesting to me, did you catch this statement from in, uh, in, in Archbishop Gomez's statement? What was shared with us did not include allegations of misconduct with minors. Well, okay, great. So, praise be to God, it does not include uh, allegations of misconduct with minors. That's wonderful. Do you know there were other priests, there was one in Ohio, the article actually details this, who did, in fact, it was, it was a uh, uh, another uh, situation where a priest was using the same app, and his data was also found out, but he was using it to hook up with minors. So we're glad that uh, Monsignor Burl does not include hooking up with minors. However, is it appropriate for a priest to be hooking up with anybody, male or female? No. Seems to me a bit of a spin there, as if because it's not minors, it's somehow okay. It is not okay. It is not okay. Um, so these allegations are very serious. They should be taken very serious. 
and the article, which is put, put out by Pillar, uh, PillarCatholic.com. You should read it. It's very detailed. It has lots of information. And I, I'm, I'm very uh, fascinated by the fact that they shared the information before even going public with the USCCB. So they had plenty of time to respond, to formulate, to ask follow-up questions, all of it. And now it is, it is out. So check that out. Uh, all right. So Dr. Uh, Julius Gomez is on the line with us. A good morning to you, or in your case, good afternoon. Praise be to God. Good afternoon. It's great to be with you and fantastic to be on the show. Thank you for the invitation. Well, we're, we're very grateful for your time. Now, we have about, I don't know, three, four minutes now before we go, have to go to a break. We'll continue after the break. But I want to jump into a couple of stories that you've posted over at Church Militant. Uh, one is uh, pretty recent. The most recent says, Francis won't abolish the Hindu rite Eucharist. Now, I find this fascinating in light of the motu proprio uh, and uh, sort of uh, the... the, the uh, the pressure being put on traditional communities now across the world. Uh, what does this mean for other rites within the Roman Catholic Church? I didn't even know there was a Hindu rite. What is the Hindu rite? Well, the Hindu rite uh, is actually technically called an Indian rite. It was created after Vatican II, in the light of Vatican II in 1969. Uh, actually, there was a, a, a lobby, a liberal lobby pushing to create this, and the bishops were rushed into a vote, and the Congregation for the Doctor for Divine Worship from the Vatican gave permission for this so-called Indian rite, which is, as I said, actually a Hindu rite, since it since it incorporates exclusively Hindu elements of ritual, scriptures, etc., into the liturgy. And this has gone on for five decades. Wow. Uh, it's caused a lot of problems in India. It's created huge divisions. I mean, you yourself mentioned uh, the recent motu proprio, and the reason Pope Francis gives for uh, reversing Pope Benedict's Sumorum Pontificum is its divisiveness. Ironically, this uh, Indian or Hindu rite mass has been monumentally divisive because it's not only divided the upper caste, so-called upper caste Catholics, from the vast majority of the lower caste who have for centuries regarded Brahmanical Hinduism as structurally oppressive and have fled Hinduism to convert to Christianity. So you can imagine what a shock this is for them. But it's also divided, obviously, conservatives and liberals within the Catholic Church in India. And interestingly enough, it has divided people who are, um, uh, yeah, yeah it, it's divided Hindus mm. from Catholics because Hindus are now accusing Catholics of cultural appropriation, of plagiarism, of distorting their symbols and using it in a form for which it was never intended. Wow. Um, that, that's, 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 that's kind of a sad situation, actually. Uh, not only is division a problem, but the fact that we're culturally appropriating paganism into, uh, the sacred liturgy, this is very troubling. We're going to have a conversation, uh, with Dr. Jules Gomez, Rome Correspondent Church Militant, on the other side of this break. So don't go anywhere. We'll be posting a link to his article as well. That and a financial scandal all coming up after the break. Don't go anywhere.
This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hearning. Sometimes it can seem that our family life is humdrum, monotonous, and insignificant. But Christ began his public ministry at the wedding at Cana. When we read this account in the gospel, we're reminded that our marriage, our ordinary family life, is important to God. Our Lord and Our Lady love our families, and they are present with us. They desire to change what is ordinary into the extraordinary. The Lord can take our simple and everyday tasks and make them holy. Like the servants at the wedding at Cana, we need to notice when we run out of wine, when we run out of joy, when we run out of love. It is then that we turn to Our Lady and ask for her help. She can bring Christ into our lives, our ordinary water, and transform it into wine. And when we invite Christ into our lives to transform us, He creates the best wine of all. For more advice, ideas, and encouragement, visit us at MessyFamilyProject.org. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Dr. Jules Gomez is our guest. He is a Rome correspondent for Church Militant. He's got several articles that are of interest, uh, but I was uh, particularly fascinated with his first one on the Hindu right, especially in light of the motu proprio. But you know, Dr. Gomez, uh, thank you again for being on with us. As a someone with Scottish heritage, if I discovered that in Scotland there was a holy mass being said that incorporated, uh, you know, practices of the Pictish people or of the of the Norsemen, uh, the Vikings, you know, I, I would be equally horrified by this. Um, or if in uh, if in Ireland, you know, you had the old pagan rites uh, creeping up and making their way into the litur- liturgy. This should be concerning for all Catholics worldwide, no matter their heritage. Um, how is it that this has been taking place? Uh, and how come we're just now discovering this? Well, uh, th- that's a very good point uh, you've raised, Joe. Uh, your critics, the liberals, would argue that uh, all liturgy has at some point been borrowed from pagan religions, uh, even the traditional Latin mass, some would say, elements of these uh, liturgies. I, of course, totally disagree with that. Uh, but what... Is problematic, but also a possibility here is that this can be traced back, at least in India, to the Jesuit missionary Robert de Nobili, who came with the intention of converting the Hindus and baptizing them into the Catholic faith. Mm. And so he adopted the dress, for example, of a Brahmin priest, a high caste Hindu. Now, what has happened after Vatican II, particularly with uh, Lumen Gentium and Nostra Aetate, the Indian Catholic Church has virtually interpreted these documents and called for a moratorium on evangelization. So, 
The definition of evangelization now is making a Hindu a better Hindu or a Muslim a better Muslim. I mean, that, that, that's horribly patronizing in the first place, but it goes totally against the great commission of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Go out into the whole world and you know, preach the good news. Uh, now, uh, the, 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 if the, these Hindu rite or Indian rite masses were intended as a means for conversion. So Hindus in some way would recognize that uh, the Christian faith is not a Western faith, but it is part of the great Indian heritage because Christianity came to India with the Apostle Thomas, a very good tradition has it, 2000 years ago. However, priests and bishops who promote the Indian rite mass don't believe in evangelization. Mm. So it's almost a fashion, it's a fad, uh, and, and, and it's enculturation or indigenization for the sake of it. And that they, that they draw out a very uh, you know, badly interpreted text from uh, the prologue of St. John's Gospel, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Mm -hmm. And so just as Jesus was fully incarnate, particularly as a Jewish man in his Jewish culture, so, the, so Indian Catholicism needs to be fully incarnate in Indian culture. But again, what is Indian culture? It's not Hindu culture. It's a whole wide range of diverse cultures. And this mass, unfortunately, has, has selected elements exclusively from Hinduism, mm. including chanting Hindu mantras in wow. the language of Sanskrit during the mass. That's horrible. Uh, yeah, that, uh, I have so many questions, but I think I'm going to go this route. The Syro Melabar Mass uh, rite of the church, isn't that not a authentic Catholic rite of the church that uh, originated in India, traces its lineage to, like you were saying, St. Thomas the Apostle? Uh, why, <laughs> why do we need an Indian rite if the Syro Melabar rite already exists? Could you explain the relationship I, there? I mean, that's such a wonderful point you've made. I mean, it's, it's absolutely spot on. In fact, your point was made by the head of the RSS, uh, one of the most, perhaps the most militantly Hindu organization in this country. And he told Catholics, he said, Christianity in this country does go back right to the Syrian period, the Syriac period. And so if we have one of the most ancient liturgies in the world, mm. and you know, in some forms, Syriac is used during the mass. In some of the seminaries, Syriac is taught, uh, an ancillary language of Aramaic that Jesus spoke. I mean, why on earth has the Indian Catholic Church not gone along with the Syro Malabar rite? Uh, unfortunately, and I must say this, the Syro Malabar rite has been confined to a mono-ethnic group of people, the Malayalis or the Kerolites, who come from the region of Kerala. Hmm. And again, if they had taken evangelism most seriously and promoted and, and preached the gospel and brought people to the Catholic faith and then brought them up in the Syro Malabar rite, that would be absolutely splendid. But again, this uh, group, ethnic group, has kept Catholicism to itself to a large extent. Wow.
Dr. Jules Gomez is our guest. He is the uh, Rome correspondent for Church Militant. Uh, we, with about five minutes or so left on the clock, I would like to switch topics here and go to another one of your articles, if that's okay. Uh, Vatican invests millions in fake highway. Uh, the continuing saga of financial scandal coming out of the out of the curia is uh, is de- depressing. I mean, we're seeing money being spent, uh, you know, hard-earned donor, donated dollars from the faithful around the world on crazy things. Uh, tell us what's going on with this particular story on a fake highway. Well, this story is part of a much larger story, and there are 10 people, including uh, the, one of the most senior cardinals. Actually, he was uh, sostituto, uh, second in command to Cardinal, uh, you know, the Secretary of State, who is the second in command in the whole Vatican and uh, millions were invested in all sorts of shady deals, including uh, Elton John's uh, homo, uh, you know, homosexual yeah. biopic, a rocket man. Uh, and again, millions were invested in a luxury property estate uh, in Sloan, Square, Sloan Avenue, uh, one of the poshest districts of London, and this again is, I think it is six million euros or something of that, uh, that, you know, it's a very large sum of money invested in this imaginary highway, supposedly in North Carolina. Uh, so Cardinal Angela Becciu, who has been in charge of the whole thing, is claiming he's innocent. Uh, his brothers apparently have also benefited from these kickbacks. Uh, but he says that, well, this is how, you know, we've traditionally always done business in, 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 in Italy. And uh, it, the, 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 no real ethical norms have been violated. So we've, <laughs> we just have to wait and see. Uh, the, the hearing begins on the 27th of July. And there the, um, the, the 500 pages of the indictment of that, 75 pages dedicated exclusively to Cardinal Angelo Becciu, uh, who also has had a further problem with you know, what, what the media are calling the Cardinal's glamour girl, paying huge sums of money to this lady, Cecilia Maronia, to do uh, investigative intelligence consultancy for the Vatican, particularly for the Vatican's embassies in uh, troubled spots of the world. Uh, so, so, so financially speaking, in terms of corruption, this is the swamp, uh, really the swamp. And uh, all sorts of uh, cover-ups, all sorts of attempts to say that, oh, we're doing something about it, have been made. But unless there is total transparency, and you rightly say, you know, Peter Spence, it's the, it's the might of the widow, the orphan, you know, the, the, the poor person, the man in the pew, where is all that money going? Unless people are honestly told that here is where your money is going to, I think lots and lots of people have given up on donating to the Pope's charitable fund. Now, Let's talk about that for a second. Uh, so uh, there are a lot of people I know personally who are like, I'm done. I cannot give another dime to uh, to support this insanity that they're just wasting our money on these uh, on these uh, crazy things. Would that stop those at the Vatican that would do crazy things? How If they're not getting money from donors, where are they getting money from? Well, that's a good question. That they aren't getting money from a lot of places. I mean, when they do put up gigs like this uh, utterly crazy 
global health conference that was held uh, last month or in May, I think, they got tons and tons of money from the Mormons of all, you know. <laughs> the Mormons. Oh, that's uh, lovely. Exactly. It's just yeah, the getting cult, better. The Mormons. And uh, they got money from uh, all sorts of dubious uh, health groups that are pushing the vaccine, among other things. Uh, but on the whole, the fi- uh, there is a huge financial black hole at the Vatican. And uh, it cat- good Catholic economists tell us it's partly because Pope Francis himself has created the attitude where a Catholic is no longer called to be cha- charitable in terms of you know me putting my um, hand into my pocket and pulling out my own money and putting it in the plate. But because Pope Francis talks so much about the equal distribution of wealth, these scholars say that that in itself, apart from the financial scandals, are sending a very wrong message all across the Catholic world. And this is one of the reasons for the decimation of Catholic finances here at the Vatican. But the situation is very, very serious. Uh, The salaries of cardinals were cut on the 1st of April. Uh, This year it was an April Fool's joke. Uh, Pope Francis seems to have played on uh, on the cardinals. Uh, so, yeah, there's downsizing and all sorts of things. But 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 you're right. It doesn't seem to you know they don't seem to smell the coffee and say, "Gosh, we are in big trouble. Right. Let's do something to change." <laughs> yeah. Well. Golly, you is. Is it even possible to, to correct all this? That one wonders uh, outside of the second coming of Christ. Uh, all right, but uh, Dr. Jules Gomez has been our guest. We're out of time. Rome correspondent for Church Militant. Thank you for your time today. God bless you, sir. All right, uh, we're going to say that's it for the first hour. If you're able to join us for the next, we would love to have you. We're going to play the game. Prizes are involved. You could win. It's that much fun. Plus an after show. But real quick, before we say goodbye, Patty, we got your card. Thank you for praying for Adrian and I, enrolling us in uh, in uh, praying uh, at the Franciscan community there in Wisconsin. We're very grateful. God love you. God bless you all. See you back here 6 a.m. 7 Central for another round of Catholic Drive Time. Unless you can join us on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God love you. Thank you for joining us on your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. In Romans chapter 3, it says that none is righteous in that all have sinned. But the Catholic Church teaches that Mary is without sin. How can that be? Romans 3 verse 10 says, As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. Yet James 5.16 says that the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If absolutely no one is righteous, then who is James talking about? Luke chapter 1 says that Elizabeth and Zechariah were righteous before God. If absolutely no one is righteous, then how can that be? Is scripture contradicting itself? No, the folks who interpret Romans as saying absolutely without exception, no one is righteous, are misinterpreting that passage. They are failing to realize that the key to understanding Romans 3.10 is the phrase, it is written. Here in Romans, Paul is quoting from the Old Testament, Psalm 14 to be exact. In Psalm 14, it says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. There is none that does good. 
But then that same psalm goes on to talk about the righteous. Well, if none has done good, who are the righteous people the psalm is talking about? Obviously, when the psalmist says that none is good, he is talking about the fools who say there is no God. He is not talking about absolutely everyone. Just so Paul, when he quotes from this psalm, Paul is not saying absolutely no one is righteous. If he was, then how do you explain all the Old and New Testament passages that refer to the righteous? In Romans 3.11, it says that no one seeks for God. Does that mean that absolutely no one is seeking God? No, to interpret it that way would be ludicrous. Just so verse 23, which says that all have sinned. Babies haven't sinned, have they? Little children haven't sinned, have they? No, this is not an absolute. There are exceptions. So it is perfectly legitimate to say that these passages from Romans, when interpreted in context, in no way conflict with the church's teaching on Mary being without sin. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Uh, we just wrapped up a great first hour of Catholic Drive Time. Good to be back in the studio again. It's been uh, well over a week now. It feels good to be sitting in the saddle and uh, hanging out with you. It just feels so much better than trying to do the show from home. So uh, happy to uh, be feeling well again. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Mr. Joe. Great first hour. Yes, it was, it was two great interviews, two great people. I'm so glad we were able to have them on. So uh, we'll be able to play the game show properly, more proper like uh, today yes. for the first time in over a week. Yes, Looking exciting. I, I kind of went um, all out on the the wrong answers for the questions really? today. Hmm. It's, well, some you of know, them are a little far-fetched. Our, uh, our guest yesterday, uh, Billy, I think it was yes. Billy in Plano. He was uh, great. He really outed you. Uh, as somebody who is super tricky. So everybody thinks, oh, she knows so innocent, so nice. So, you know, and then turns out you're the tricky one. You, you know, uh, hmm. If this were a movie, you'd probably have like a cat in your arms. You'd be just petting it while you plot the destruction of the world. Yes. Uh. Uh, speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here as well. Good morning to you. Speaking of the destruction of the world. Uh, or the cat. Did I say that cat. out loud? Did I say that out loud? I got to work on that. Mm, you know. Interior voice. I'm going to write it down. Oh, yeah. Remember, interior monologue, exterior monologue. Yeah. Two different things. Two I'm different learning. Things. I'm learning. Yes. Uh, it's good to be here, though. It's good to be in studio. It's good to be back. Uh, it was. It's very weird trying to do things 
uh, virtually. Uh, so I, I like being in the studio. It's it's much nicer. Yes, it, it is. It's difficult to get the timing of things to really interact well with people. Super hard to do remotely. I'm glad we were able to continue to uh, keep the show alive, but we dropped a lot of balls over the last week that need picking up. And oh, uh, so yes. keep us in your prayers. It's going to be a long rest <laughs> of the week as we try to catch up on a lot of things. Uh, but we're very grateful that you are a part of our program today. So in this hour, uh, we're are going to have a good time. This hour, of course, have breaking news and stories. All good news in this hour. We 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 carry the more difficult stuff in the last hour. Uh, so this hour is the 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 nicer stuff. And then, of course, we're going to play uh, Fear and Trembling at 15 past the hour. So if you did not get the chance to be on our game show so far this week, well, this may be your day. All you need to do is make the phone number, uh, call it at the appropriate time. Or if you want to call early and hang out on hold, you're welcome to do that. You can find the phone number on our website, grnonline.com. That's uh grnonline.com forward slash cdt just scroll down and you'll be able to to uh find the phone number the rules all of that is listed there by the way one of the other balls that have been dropped is i didn't send out an email last week to the cdt insiders i wanted to but not feeling well it just uh became too too difficult so i i didn't actually send you an email and i apologize for that but we'll make up for it this week we'll come up with something very good we still have the general boinkin interview to send your way before we put that on the air so that's still to come there's a lot more other uh types of uh great significant content that i'll send to you via the email list so make sure you're on the cdt insider list on our website you can sign up by the way grnonline.com forward slash cdt all right we're going to uh, jump into our conversation this hour and our game show and have a lot of fun. We're going to pray for your intentions, dear listener, first. So if you have an intention and you are hanging out on the live video feed, make sure you comment. Let us know what that is. If you don't, we'll just include it. Uh, your guardian angel knows what your intentions are, and we'll be happy to uh, to bring them on over. But let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Another good news with Janelle Lay. Bishop Paprocki dispenses two Illinois parishes from restrictions on the traditional Latin Mass. Court rules California law requiring use of transgender pronouns is a violation of free speech. Focus to add locations for campus outreach in 2021 to 2022. 17 states defend Arkansas law banning child sex changes and puberty blockers. And former Anglican priest says God helped him find a way to Catholic priesthood. From the Catholic World Report, Fall River Seminarian develops apologetics website. A seminarian and former graphic designer has created the Auspice Maria website as an initiative of the new evangelization. John Garabedian, a seminarian of the Diocese of Fall River, told CNA his goal is to present old truths in new, creative, engaging ways and use my talents and professional experience of being a graphic designer for God's glory and lead them with beauty to the source of beauty, God himself. Auspice Maria, Latin for Under the Protection of Mary, is a digital library of videos, spiritual reflections, graphic art, and other catechetical, catechetical resources. 
Auspicia Maria offers answers to theological questions through original content, such as blogs and videos. Some, fe some videos feature Garabedian, but many of his videos feature priests in Garabedian's diocese. Garabedian plans to create content every couple of months in order to balance his seminary studies. His vision is to create videos mostly featuring priests, though he would like to have some lay people contribute as well. In addition to its original content, Auspice Maria offers resources by linking to videos and articles created by EWTN, Catholic News Agency, the Thomistic Institute, Ascension Presents, Word on Fire, Carrier Cross, and other organizations with a Catholic mission. The state offers a blend of apologetics and evangelization targeted towards non-practicing young adult Catholics who left the faith for a lack of evidence. The website is also for practicing Catholics who want to grow in their faith. Garabedian's inspiration for the website came during a visit to Jerusalem, where he saw an Auspice Maria monogram on a banner in the Church of the Visitation. With his graphic design skills, Garabedian wants to create a logo based on the monogram, but with a modern athletic twist to reflect the beauty of the Catholic Church, Our Lady, and his love for sports. The motivation also came from Garabedian's desire to share that belief in God and the Catholic Church is firmly rooted in scripture, history, and a rich intellectual tradition of philosophy, theology, and science. In addition to word of mouth and local parish outreach, Garabedian is spreading his initiative to Facebook, YouTube channel, and Instagram. The project took Garabedian about a year to create with the help from some priests, family, and friends. Garabedian told CNA that he may begin selling apparel to fundraise for evangelization efforts. The goal is to spread the saving love of Jesus Christ to hearts longing for love, happiness, and peace that only God can give, he said. And lastly, from Life News, Texas Governor Greg Abinett signs bill to ban abortions, legally protecting every unborn baby. Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed another pro-life bill in Texas on Tuesday, one that would completely ban abortions as soon as the U.S. Supreme Court allows states to do so. Abbott signed the Human Life Protection App, House Bill 1280, sometimes referred to as a trigger bill, the legislation would protect unborn babies by banning abortions completely or as much as the U.S. Supreme Court allows when it overturns Roe v. Wade. The ban would go into effect 30 days after the Supreme Court rules. Exceptions would be allowed for risks to the mother's life or a substantial impairment of major bodily function. Abortionists who violate the measure could face fines or prison time. I'm signing a law today that will si save babies from the ravages of abortion, Abbott said during a signing ceremony. Under the law, the moment Roe v. Wade is overturned, abortions will be outlawed in the state of Texas. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm Janelle Lay. God love you and have a good Wednesday. The saint of the day is St. Lawrence of Brindisi. He was born on the 22nd of July, 1559 at Brindisi, Italy as Julius Cesar Rossi. He was a son of Guglielmo de Rossi and Elisabetta Masella. He felt an early call to religious life and was educated by the Friars Minor Conventuals of Brindisi, Italy. His father died when the boy was 12, and he studied in Venice and eventually joined the Capuchin Friars in 1575 at the age of 16. Taking the name Brother Lorenzo, he studied theology, the Bible, French, German, Greek, Spanish, Syriac, and Hebrew at the University of, of Barua. He was a brilliant student known for his faculties with languages. 
He became a priest and he taught theology, served as a linguist and military chaplain, became a famous, effective, and forceful preacher in any of his several languages. He founded convents of Vienna and Graz in Austria and in Prague in the Czech Republic. He wrote catechisms as well. He became the chaplain of the army of the Holy Roman Empire in 1601 and rallied the German princes to fight a superior Turkish force and was asked to lead the army into battle at Stutenversenburg, uh, which is in modern-day Hungary. He is carrying no weapon but a crucifix. The Turks were completely defeated. He became master general of his order from 1602 to 1605, and he was the choice for another term, but turned it down. He carried out important and successful diplomatic peace missions to Munich, Germany, and Madrid, Spain, and was assigned in 1605 to evangelize in Germany, where he had a great success. He was convinced uh, Philip III. He convinced Philip III of Spain to join the German Catholic League. Commissionary, he became the commissionary general of his order for the provinces of Tyrol and Bavaria in Germany. He became the spiritual director of the Bavarian army and tended to fall into ecstasies when celebrating mass. In 1956, the Capuchin Order compiled a 15-volume set of his sermons, letters, and writings. He was proclaimed Apostolic Doctor of the Church by Pope John the Twenty Third in 1959. He died on the 22nd of July, 1619, at Lisbon, Portugal, of natural causes. He was canonized on the 8th of December, 1881, by Pope Leo the Thirteenth. Saint Lawrence of Brindisi. Pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground where it had little soil. It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep, and when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Whoever has ears ought to hear the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Saint uh, Chrysostom said, By this parable also he instructs his disciples that though the greater part of those that heard them were such as perished, meaning most who heard did not be, were not saved. Yet they should not therefore be remiss, for the Lord himself, who foresaw all things, did not on this account desist from sowing. Ours is not, we're not responsible for the results. We're responsible for saying yes and showing up for the work. Adrian, what did you find? Uh, yes, so let me try to get through this as quickly as possible. The seed is the word of God, or the gospel, or the preaching of the gospel. Those, uh, that's what the seed is. The earth is the free will of all who hear it, so we all have the an option of taking it in or rejecting it. The sun is pre prevenient grace, which is grace that comes before, illuminating and inflaming the free will that it may receive the word of God. So God gives us the necessary grace to receive the word of God necessarily. Now it's up to us, using our free will, to respond to that, And but the word of God produces fruits of 
charity and and all the other virtues. The rain is grace, watering and promoting these good acts and the motions of the free will. Uh, so the so you think of the rain, rain equals grace. The winds are the temptations which agitate us. So it comes through, blows us around. We have to de- have deep roots. If we do not have deep roots or we're not strengthened by the waters of uh, grace, then the winds will knock us down. And finally, there is the need of patience. So it's Chris Lapide is relating the uh, actual harvests with the spiritual life. And he said, lastly, there is need of patience and endurance in the labors and troubles of plowing and sowing and the long waiting for the reward and the fruit of the harvest. So think about it this way. You are here now. You may be being battered around by winds, but in the end, you must have patience and endure because at the end, then we'll see the reward. We will see the fruits of the harvest, but only after we've endured the temptations that have come before. Amen. Rabanus in the ninth century said something very similar, but he, he used the sun as the heat of raging persecution, which, uh, boy, how many people fall away fast as soon as their faith is tested somewhat. They're all done. Let's not. Let's pray for perseverance no matter the difficulties we face. All right, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. We're going to play Fear and Trembling. If you've never played the Catholic Trivia game where prizes are involved, today's your opportunity, and the phone lines are wide open right now. You can call and be our contestant at 877-757-9424. You don't need to know the questions or the answers to them in order to still win. It's kind of fun that way. At 877-757-9424, call right now, 877 877- 777-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Call right now. Phone lines are open. Can we be happy without God? Atheists say yes. We Christians say yes, but only to a certain extent. What's our reason? There are some natural human desires that can be satisfied without living for God. The desire for sensory pleasure, success, and loving relationships. There are certain desires, however, that can't be satisfied without God. For example, we don't just desire some love, we desire infinite love, love without limit. This is manifest when we get frustrated with imperfect manifestations of it. The same is true for knowledge, justice, and beauty. Since God alone is infinite in these perfections, only He can satisfy our desires for them. Therefore, to borrow from St. Augustine, without God, our hearts would be forever restless. And my friends, a restless heart is an unhappy heart. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe 
Douglas Clay. Praise be to Jesus. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and do not share with anyone what I'm about to tell you. Let's just keep this between us, our little common secret, but there's a few things we like to do during the game show segment. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions to learn something new that we didn't know before. Praise be to God for that. And then, of course, we like to have fun, and our contestants, our listeners, tend to be a good time. They laugh with us, and uh, and sometimes they cry with us, too. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to give out prizes, kind of making it a winner for everybody involved. But if you're just joining us, uh, here's the deal. I have three Catholic trivia questions in my hand. Uh, I'm showing the camera for those uh, hanging out on video, but here's the kicker. I won't ask the caller any of these questions. They don't have to know the answers to them to still win our game. The reason is because I will ask Janelle and I will ask Adrian, and one of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. The caller will simply have to decide who do they trust more, Janelle or Adrian, and they will have 15 seconds to decide, and then every right answer that they get goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Janelle, what could they win? You can win an 8x10 print of your choice and a leather cord bracelet of the Miraculous Medal. This is, thanks... So much to Beat After Beat by Dulce. Um, this is a company based in Dallas, Texas. And from her, straight from her, Beat After Beat was created to spread the love and devotion of the rosary and our blessed mother Mary through her art. Beat After Beat is her personal reminder that as we pray the rosary, Beat After Beat, we are asking Mary to pray for us, to walk with us, and to help us so that we may be drawn closer to her son, Jesus. You can find Bead After Bead on her Instagram at Bead After Bead on Pinterest and on Etsy. Thank you so much, Bead After Bead. Amen. Praise be to God. We're grateful for the uh, generous support of our game show. All right, let's go to the phones. Good morning to you, Alan. Thanks for calling in. Uh, good morning, Joe, Adrian, Janelle, and uh, welcome back, guys. Praise be to God, Alan. Good it's good to hear your voice. It's been a while since you've been on our game show. Um, I think it was in April. When <laughs> Emily was still on there, yes. Well, but God is so good. It's good to uh, to hear your voice, a uh, friend of the friend of the apostolate, uh, big supporter of Guadalupe Radio Network, and personal friend, uh, Alan. It's uh, a lot of fun to play the game with you. Now, you are, uh, you know, you're a kind of a walking encyclopedia. So I don't know how challenging these questions are going to be for you, <laughs> but uh, we're just going to see how this goes. I think there's at least one you probably don't know, uh, but we'll see. Are you ready? Uh, estoy listo, as we say in Spanish. All right. Janelle, we will start with you. Uh, Janelle, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes, I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. Janelle, can you tell me who is the patron saint of bankers? The patron saint of baker? Bankers. Bankers. People who, uh, who run the banks. Okay. Have you heard of Saint Monica? Saint Monica? Monica. Uh, no, no, I don't think I've ever heard yeah, of Saint yeah. Monica. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. She's, she's the patron hey, saint of bakers. There's a lot of saints, venerables there's, and there's blessings. How would I know them all, right? Uh, but uh, Monica, no, I, I have to say that's new to me. Uh, let, let's just see what Brother Adrian has to say. Adrian, uh, can you tell me who is the patron saint of bankers? Hmm. Of bakers? Bank, bank, bankers. Oh, bankers. People who bankers. run the money. I uh, got it. Got it. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go. I know like seven saints, maybe eight. I'm going to go with uh, Matthew. 
That's all you know is eight. eight it's saints. like eight saints. Out That's of all the eight. saints. Out of all the Let saints. Let me guess. Aquinas is one of the eight. Of course. <laughs> how did I not know that? Uh, it's, now, here's a pop question. It's like six Dominicans and then St. Matthew. I was going to ask how many of those eight were Dominicans. <laughs> it's like know. six Dominicans and Matthew, and debatably all the apostles were Dominicans, so... Debatably? I don't know if that's I'm a debate. Saying. I'm, I'm just, just saying. Okay. All right, let's go. Let me summarize things here. Uh, Dominican brother uh, uh, Adrian over there is on the hook for St. Matthew as the patron saint of bankers and Janelle the tricky one is on the hook for Saint Monica Uh, 15 seconds on the clock who's right who's wrong Alan what say you I'm gonna go with Adrian (laughs) are you sure (laughs) yeah didn't pull him that time I mean you know I've been saying for days I missed my duh button and I don't actually have my duh button available duh Thank you. Praise <laughs> be to God. Thank you. I need it's to get okay, my duh I button up. I can do up. the duh. Uh, but every time I get my aye, aye. duh button up, I mess Adrian up on the board. But there we go. Uh, uh, <laughs> congratulations. You're in the coffee cup of divine providence, uh, brother Adrian, or brother Alan, rather. Uh, well done. <laughs> that wasn't probably all that tricky, I imagine. But we'll see if we can't trip you up on this next one. Uh, are you ready to go, Alan? Um, yeah, scandal. Yeah, there Sc- we go. Yeah, scandal. Trip me up, yeah. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Uh, Adrian. Can you tell me? Maybe. What is the name given to the liturgical headdress worn by popes, cardinals, abbots, and bishops? Ah, yes. And monsignors. And monsignors? Yeah, on uh, on certain occasions, yes. Interesting, interesting. Okay. Um, I am going to go with Mm -hmm. an Episcopal tiara. Which is distinct from the papal tiara, because uh-huh. only the Pope can wear the papal tiara, but sure. the Episcopal tiara. The Episcopal tiara. Okay. I think I saw that in a Disney film once. Mm. Uh, Janelle, uh, can you tell me, what is the name given to the liturgical headdress worn by popes, cardinals, abbots, and bishops? You know, I, I didn't even know that popes, cardinals, abbots, and bishops wore a tiara. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say a mitre. A mitre. Yes. Softly out of left field there, Janelle. <laughs> I mean, to, to go from tiaras to mitres. All right, so, uh, Alan, let me just summarize for you. Janelle is on the hook for the mitre, and Adrian is on the hook for an Episcopal tiara. 15 seconds on the clock, Alan. Who's right? Who's wrong? What say you? Duh. It's Janelle. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> He uh, he had his uh, own dub button. <laughs> he had his own dub button. <laughs> Praise be to God. Feels good to press What's that button now. Heavy that thing is. Uh, it feels great. I thought, I'd love having the dub button. Those guys would be they'd be falling on the floor. Come on. Now, okay. Truth be told, there is a tiara. It's the papal tiara. And, well, they don't wear it anymore, though. Yeah, yeah it hasn't been worn. I think John the Twenty Third was the last God. pope to wear John it. John the Twenty Third. Yeah, Paul VI said he wasn't going to go with it. Yeah, um, we haven't pretty seen, awesome we haven't it, seen it since. Uh, that's unfortunate. The triple tiara of the Pope. Uh, but the mitre yeah. is, in fact, the bishop's hat. You know, you'll see the bishops wearing bishop's mitres uh, at liturgies. Yes, and, and the such. two ribbons on the back represent the Old Testament and the New Testament. Monsignor Steenson, mm-hmm. who uh, before there was a Bishop Lopes of the Anglican Ordinariate, he ran the, uh, the uh, local community. He was a, a part of uh, requesting for a bishop. 
As a monsignor, he wore the bishop's mitre during certain liturgies. He was allowed to do so. Yeah. so. Wow. I never, mm-hmm. yeah, I never knew that. Fascinating fact. All right. You're in the cup twice, uh, Alan. Well done. You could win. Praise be to God. But, Alan, I'm going to say this third one, you, I'm going to go out there and say you probably don't know the answer to this. Are you ready, Alan? Uh, okay. Here we go. Janelle, we're back to you. Okay. Can you tell me, what is the highest rank in the core of the papal military service? The highest rank in the core of the papal military service? Yes. Mm. Smallest army on the planet. Okay. That would be the glorious elite Praetorium Guard. Wow. Yes. That's pretty fancy. It's a very fancy. Definitely. It's the highest rank. It has to be very fancy. No kidding. Wow. That's. Wow. Well, wasn't Sebastian part of that? I think he was. Sebastian? Saint Sebastian? Sure. Why not? Was um, he? Um, I don't know. Adrian, can you tell me? What is the highest rank in the core of the papal military service? Um, You know, the papal military service, is, it's a pretty noble position. So, I mean, I'm going to call him the noble guard. Hmm. Okay, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Alan, let me summarize for you. Adrian is saying the answer is the Noble Guard as the highest rank in the core of papal military service, whereas Janelle is saying it's the elite Praetorian Guard. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Alan, what say you? This is a trick one. Yeah. I hard. warned you. I warned I you. I am going to go with Janelle. Are you sure? <laughs> Wow. I'm sorry. It feels you good to press the buzzer, to be honest. I, I really, really oh, was in, desiring to hit hit the, uh, the hit the wrong answer button. His eye, Alan, it's been so long you. since I got to press the button. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to learn to forgive with that one, Alan. That was like, whew, blazing fast. In fact, oh, the no. elite Praetorian Guard was a guard that protected the, 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 the Emperor of Rome. Um, the Emperor of Rome. You mean the noble... Yeah. The noble guard. No, he went with Janelle, and Janelle's answer was the elite Praetorian guard. The actual answer was the noble guard. Uh, Adrian, as much as I hate to admit this publicly, Adrian was right. And I'm gonna got to clip that sound by <laughs> yeah. Adrian was right. He's gonna play it over and over again. Adrian yeah. was right, and it was the noble guard. But yes. not bad, Alan. Two out of three ain't bad, as they say. The elite yeah. Praetorium guard is actually from Star Wars. Um, there's, I don't think they oh, actually. What did I say? The, yeah. Well, it's the noble yeah. guard that the protects imperial the imperial yes. royal. I forget one of the one what? of those. Yeah. See, we're all confused. They're, they're here, all Alan. from. Don't feel bad. Yeah, all the wrong answers are from all Star Wars. All the wrong answers are from oh, Star Wars. We're <laughs> a bunch of stormtroopers in white running around. Come on, I mean, really. <laughs> all right, Alan. God love you, my friend. Thank you for playing and having a fun time with us today. We're very grateful to you. Thank you very much. You made my day. I'm just—I haven't even had coffee yet. Praise be to God. Well, God love you, Alan. God bless you. And uh, that's going to do it for the the radio side of our program today. Praise be to God. We're going to go into an after show, hanging out with the, the audience on the live video feed, Facebook, YouTube, even on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And we'll conversate with you about whatever it is that you're on your mind. You get to drive that conversation. If you're a new commenter, make sure to let us know that we can lavish some extra love on you. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow. There's a film coming out about the mass of the ages. That's on tomorrow's show. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time.
Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Welcome to the After Show, where we get a little bit more casual about our conversation. We're going to talk about Star Wars the whole day? We're going to talk about Star Wars the whole time. Sweet. Praise be to God. There are priorities in life. Uh, the fact that Star Wars has been ruined as a, as a franchise, as, a, as an icon of culture, has been totally trashed the last uh, decade or so. Mm, yeah, that super sad. Super well, sad. they have uh, some. They had some good content, but the movies are horrible. Horrible. They're, the TV shows have been actually really, really good. Not gonna lie. I mean, the movies. I don't though, watch The Mandalorian because I'm not gonna give. Oh, it's so good. I, I'm, we're just not subscribed to Disney. But uh, that the scene with Luke Skywalker. I mean, that hello. That is the Star Wars the fans have asked for, yeah, begged for, honestly. screamed for, and it's you have they gave us failed feminist. to give it to us. I'm gonna. I'm so upset. Why did I say let's talk about this? <laughs> it's not I, rocket science, people. It's so Just, bad. That, leave it to some guy with a computer and ten bucks to figure out what Disney, with millions, could not seem to accomplish. Yeah, Rogue One was okay. The rest of them were horrible. Um, Solo was not good. So none of the, pretty much none of the movies were. I liked Rogue were One. Good. Rogue One was good. It wasn't it's good storytelling. Great. Um, I, I watched it a second time and I didn't enjoy it nearly as much. The first time I thought I was like, oh, this is super good. After watching I didn't it a really time, like, eh. uh, the Han Solo film. The Solo film was horrible. It was not very I good didn't at really all. Like that. Didn't make any much sense to be Part honest. Part of the problem there was, didn't they, they switched directors like halfway through. Yeah. Did so, they? I, that, I'm pretty sure they did. I think they lost their director and they had to, they get a, got a new director and he had to come and kind of clean stuff up. And that's never a good sign for a film. That stinks. Yeah, that's yeah. that's always very bad. No, the uh, but the the Mandalorian series was excellent. Uh, the Star Wars TV show, animated show, was really good. I would think it's called. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of it. They just uh, created it not too long ago, and I'm forgetting the name. It wrote. Mm, nope, that's not it. I have to remember later. But I'll, uh, and they're making a new TV show that should also be good, from what I've heard. Uh, so, I mean, their TV shows are are still pretty solid from what I'm seeing, but their movies, I don't know what's why they can't get it right. I mean, it seems so simple. Everybody, um, we like, they literally tell, the the audience literally has written like, uh, hundreds of comic books based on it, and they refuse to do it. So, it's because you know. they're preaching to the audience about woke politics. Mm. Uh, it's Rebels, really, yes, really Joaquin sad. said Rebels. Rebels was surprisingly good. I didn't think I was going to like it at first. And I watched the first couple episodes and was like, eh. And then after a while, it got really good. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I really yeah. enjoyed it. So, anyway. Ah, praise be to God. It feels good to be in the studio again. I got to be honest. So hard to pull this off and feel the right chemistry, uh, dynamic, uh, all of that while at home. Really hard to do. Uh, I was grateful that we were able to continue on. But boy, was it not. It was just not easy to, to pull off. Yeah, I was just mostly the thing I was most sad about was like audio quality just isn't as good. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, sure. Transferring over the internet, and I'm it's like, really Ugh. hard to do. Now I could have brought home the Comrex unit that would have improved my connection back to the studio, and maybe I should have, but I didn't anticipate getting sick and then not being able to come back to the studio for a week and a half. Right. So it just was what it was. 
Um, but praise be to God, we're back in the studio. We're grateful, grateful to be here. Uh, so many, uh, I want to just thank some people for hanging out with us. Patty was here. And by the way, uh, so we, uh, Patty usually takes off and goes to Holy Mass at this point. Uh, so she's probably not listening at this, but, uh, she sent us these lovely cards and, uh, we were very grateful to Patty. She sent one to me and you, Adrian, as well. And, uh, we were enrolled in the Franciscan Eucharistic League, and um, we're, that's awesome. They're, so they're remembering us at Mass and the daily prayers, the Sisters of St. Francis of Assisi, based out of uh, Wisconsin. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah, Praise God. Thank we love you. that. I know you're not here anymore, but thank you very much. Yeah, and it's an awesome card. I mean, it's, it's, got, it's a card with, with pages, for crying out loud. How many times have you seen a card with like four or five pages? Pretty neat. Uh, we're very grateful for that. Um. Patty's back. She's hanging out with us. Hey. <clears throat> well, I don't know if she is or not. I'm just oh, okay. Uh, let's see. Buddy, good morning to you. Uh, Ubi, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Mimi. Uh, Mimi seems like a brand new commenter to me over on I Facebook think so. side. Yes. Yes. I agree. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. I think we had another new listener as well. I'm trying to figure out who it was. I saw them earlier, but I lost them in the sea of comments. Hmm. If you're a new commenter, comment, please, well, there so we was, can track uh, you down. There's uh, Gloria over on Facebook side. It looks like a Stephen Romero. Stephen Romero, yes. Good morning to you, Stephen. I believe Stephen is a new commenter. Yeah. Uh, Lori totally, uh, yes, amen. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Thank you for our, being our first-time commenter today. We're very grateful to you. We love our first-time commenters. It means a lot to us. Um, Lori is calling out Janelle here. Uh-oh. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, totally busted. I think yeah. I, I'm glad to see. It's kind of like the wizard behind the curtain. Like everybody had this false understanding of, of thinking of you as innocent and you know and whatever. And the, the real you has now come out, and really? now people know that the truth is being as as coming out. Laurie says, "Like Saint Monica, really?" <laughs> I was trying to come up with lots of banking puns. Saint <laughs> Monica. It's like it's I a like, play on oh, Monica. No, Saint credo card would have been a good one yeah saint saint, saint wow ting number what what is the routing routing, <laughs> routing number, number. <laughs> uh, and then what was the other uh, one you had the other one we, we was Chi chang book we would have been checking book checking book out it as racist if we'd have gone that route <laughs> it would have been terrible <laughs> that's why i didn't say that. Wow number <laughs> oh my goodness you realize what you would have done to us janelle <laughs> that's why you know, a, I discern. I discern. I'm pretty sure I would have ended up in prison. Adrian <laughs> might have lost his job. I don't know, or got a promotion. I'm not sure. I probably, um, you know, <laughs> I, however, would have gone to jail forever. That'd, that'd have been hilarious, though. Wow, that, wow, team number, wow, team number. That's so good. That's good. hilarious. <laughs> You're so vicious. Uh, that cracks me up, Monica. At least, at least yes. I, I guess I get, I'm grateful you went with that. Uh, <laughs> Let's see, uh, Jesus Robles, my friend, good to see you again. Uh, Joaquin, good morning, Don. Good to see you here. Yeah, buddy, you're right. Disney has ruined all the Mar movies, uh, Star Wars, and Marvel comics. Yeah, Marvel comics, it's not, like, do not let your children read Marvel comics today. Like, if you went back and read the old Captain America comics, praise be to God, they're so, they're excellent very uh, American values, um, DC comics, truth, justice, and the American way. Now it's uh, the woke way all the way around, whether it's Marvel or DC. It's, it's so bad. Do not let your children read modern day comic books. It's, it's pretty horrible. Yeah, it is pretty horrible. That's true. Very sad. 
Uh, Empire Strike Back, arguably the greatest of all the films. Arguably, yes. I don't know. I really like Return of the Jedi personally. And of course, the original, the original Star Wars was really, really good. Hmm. I enjoyed it. I, the first three. I, I, I always big fan of the first three for sure. Um, by, by first three, I did not you hate mean the original trilogy. Yes, the original. Okay, just make it Although, sure. in in full disclosure, Uh-oh. I didn't hate <gasps> the prequels as much as everybody else seemed to have hated the prequels. They weren't my favorite either, but at least in the prequels, you got the lightsaber battles you really, really wanted anyway. That's true. It did have a lot of good action scenes, but the dialogue scenes. Or is this like driving your head through a brick wall? <laughs> it was like the, anything. No, it where, was the Metichlorians, I think, that threw me off. <laughs> the Metichlorians was just one thing. You got Jar Jar Binks. Uh, I felt bad uh, for Jar Jar Binks. Tripping we his way to victory. that actor. The, the, you know, he came close to suicide because of the vitriol of, really? of people. Yes. People knew who he was? Oh, my heavens. This poor, Listening to, there's a video on YouTube where him talking about, in fact, he brought his son to the point in the Brooklyn Bridge where he was going to jump off and commit suicide because of the backlash of haters around the world who hated Jar Jar Binks. That's crazy. It's not his fault. Tell that to the guy who had to live through the experience. That's crazy. Oh, man. He went through a bad time. And uh, to listen to him uh, tell about talk about that, uh, boy, that was that's pretty I moving. never understood people who attack the actors. Like, okay, it's one thing if the actor like does a really bad job. Obviously, you don't push the guy to suicide. But I'm saying, like, you can criticize an actor for doing a bad acting job. Right. But you can't criticize an actor for but imagine like, being a character. But imagine you're a fan. You're a kid. You grow up. You love the original Star Wars, and then all of a and sudden, then you're an adult. And you get asked to to participate in the next round, like this is like heaven for you, right? You're so excited to be an actor who gets gets the call from uh, from uh, from oh what's his name to make the next round of Star Wars films, and you get to be a character. You're not picky. You're like whatever. I'll do anything. You just I'll make me a, a, an alien in the background. That's fine. Well, the actor who played Jar Jar Binks was. This is where he was. He was so excited to participate and do as they asked him, and then. He becomes Jar Jar Binks, and not only uh, one, one, one aspect to it was they replace him digitally, right? So as an actor, he basically That's is That's what a, I'm saying. It's like, how did anybody even know? Well, because the original release included him, his really? physical person, and then they replaced him after. I didn't know that. Uh, but it was the backlash of fans all over the world who hated his character. I mean, basically, he, he took it personal. Uh, it was, you know, it was very personal to him. And it drove him to the brink of suicide. He was, in fact, I want to say he jumped and a wind pushed him back on the bridge. Oh, my goodness. We should, you, you should look up the video. You'll be able to see it for yourself, him that talking about it. That is nuts. Yeah. Well, all that being said, Jar Jar Binks is still a horrible character. <laughs> Dude, you're <laughs> Just so, saying. You're vicious. Hey, you're vicious. The truth is the truth, man. Uh, he's a pretty terrible character. He, like, bumbles his way to winning a war. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> Why? Me say that's not bad. That's so crazy. It's uh, so there's so much wrong with that. So much wrong with that character. But it's not his fault. That's crazy. That's definitely not. I never fault. understand. As someone who's like been in plays and and uh, and been in short films and things like that, you can't blame the actor for things. Like obviously, you can blame the actor for doing bad acting, but you can't blame an actor for taking on a role. You they have auditions for characters. You don't know what the character is until you have the script. And once you sign your contract, you're doing a job. You're working. Uh, you can't just like not show up to work. So it's like, unless you're some like 
major actor like Tom Cruise or something, you can't just throw your weight around. You you have a job to do. If uh, I throw my crazy. weight around, the Earth uh, shifts in its uh, its perspective to the sun. So you said I, it, not I, me, man. I try not to do that all that much. Yeah, um, exactly, Lori. Actors are directed. They're not directors. Exactly. A tragedy. It's a tragedy. Um, Mr. Thomas says, I, I still remember the morning in 1977 when Star Wars was released. It was, uh, it was all over the news. I did not watch it. Some in the neighborhood were excited about going to the theater to watch it. Yeah. What's a theater? <laughs> hey, but there's going to be a whole generation of people who never have gone to theaters. Yeah. Like, just think about that. That's crazy. Really? It's so crazy. Yeah, well, think about it. Major Hollywood films are skipping theaters and, and going, going straight, straight to release mm-hmm. digitally. That's true. Now, back in it's the day, cheaper. back in the day when a film skipped the- theatrical release and went to say uh, VHS Nobody rental, saw it. it it meant the death of the film. Yep. Um, very few people would ever see it. Now, it's the standard distribution model. Mhm. It's really odd. It's really weird. And a lot of people cuz like I know my family, if we had this opportunity as when we were kids, we would never have gone to the movies. Maybe every once in a blue moon, but going to the movies is expensive, especially for families of six. I get that's uh, that's pretty expensive. That's the, the tickets are not cheap, so we would uh, we would rarely go to the movies already. And if we had the opportunity to go and uh, spend twenty bucks to rent it online, and then that's that's like the cost of one ticket. <laughs> yeah, and and if you want to get popcorn or anything, then you're spending like hundreds of dollars to go see a movie. Where now you can spend twenty bucks and eat whatever you want in your living room, uh, so it's like I think that's it. There's going to be a whole generation of people going who never go as a kid. My first job, I was ten and I had a paper route, and I'd get paid fifty bucks a month, and uh, I'll never forget. Every, when I get paid, going to the theater, I'd go to the movie theater, watch a film, eat popcorn, play video games. I loved that as a kid. That was great. Um, yeah, it's kind of a a sad thing to see how expensive it has gotten. I'll never forget it, it when I was, I was in the Marine Corps. I was in California on le- and uh, on weekend pass, and I took someone to the mo- to the movie theater, and I was thinking, has it always been this expensive? Like this is crazy. Yeah, like I can't remember what I paid. I think it was like ten bucks a ticket or something, and I'm like, That's this is right insane. Now. It's more uh, than that now, really. It's I'm like, sure it is. It's probably fifteen or twenty bucks before the COVID. Film, I think it was like I think thirteen dollars when I went to the movies. Was the, what was the last film you saw at the theater? At the theater, I saw the uh, the the football movie. I can't remember the name of the it. The football movie. The football movie that just came out. There's only, only been one, one football, football movie, movie that came out recently. Um, I have no idea what the it's, football it's, movie is. It's like the it's a story of um, the Mighty Mites, but I'm trying to think of the name of the movie. The Mighty it's not, Mites. It's not the Mighty Mites. It's the Twelve Mighty Orphans. Twelve Mighty Orphans. That's what oh, it is. Oh, you saw that one? Yeah, yeah. Mm. it's really good. Oh. Uh, there is a couple. Uh, the problem with the movie is that where it happens historically because it is a historical film it's a it's a famous uh, situation that happened uh in west texas where these orphans just like blew out texas football uh which is pretty amazing uh, because they didn't have the equipment the team anything they had literally had 11 man uh because the, the 12 guy or they, they had 12 guys on the team literally that was it and the um and they changed football completely they changed like the nfl the way they play football is actually heavily based on uh, the way that the Mighty Mites play their game. Like the passing game didn't exist the way it did uh, today, uh, back then. It, it was basically invented by the Mighty Mites. So oh, it's actually pretty wow. crazy. But the problem with the movie is where that happens, and historically, it would, the orphanage was run by the Freemasons. And so throughout the movie, you'll see like Shriners pop out every now and then, and you can see it. And I think the, uh, they were. Um, 
they were like called the Masons and things like that in the area. And uh, it's super Freemasonry is like surrounding the whole movie. So wow. that's a problem. Uh, the last film I saw was 1917. Oh, that was a while ago. That was a good. F- the last fil- film I saw in the theater, 1917. That is a great while ago. film. Oh, very, by the way, well um, I think we did. Uh, we interviewed um, an actor from the Twelve Mighty Orphans. We did on July first. Kaylin Boswell, I think that was her name. Um, yeah, she's she's an actor in there apparently. So uh, if Adrian says it's a good movie, it probably is a good movie. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> I can tell who's getting paid off around here. Whew, that was outing. Wow, no kidding. Uh, I think yeah. she was one of the one of the uh, female orphans in the Twelve Mighty Orphans. Oh. Uh, they there wasn't. It was. It is a primarily a male heavy film. So. Uh, I don't. Know, I didn't recognize her in the movie, but yeah, she was in that movie. Mm. Uh, Lori says her last film was Big Hero Six with her son Mike. That was wow, a while that's years ago. ago. Yeah. That was a, it was a good movie though. I've never Big even Hero seen Six. Big, Big Hero Six. Oh, it, you would your kid? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to think. <laughs> but it's so. It's, uh, yes. Oh, wait I'm trying a to think. I don't know. I can't remember. It's been too long since I've seen Hilarious. it. But it was so good. It was such a good movie. I uh, Big Hero Six was really good. Mm. It was really no good. Okay. I've, I've been tempted to watch it. It's never mm. happened. Uh, I think it was yesterday. My my family, my um, younger sibling started watching robots, like that that old. <laughs> <laughs> yes, robots. Robots. It's like this yes. animated film. Oh, um, is that the one with um, what's his name? Who who uh, died? Uh, overdosed. What's his name? Oh, um, good. I, I, uh, <laughs> good morning, Vietnam. Good morning, Vietnam. Um, Doubtfire. What's oh, what's Robin name? Williams? Robin, was that the one with Robin Williams? Yes. He was in there. I'm pretty sure he was the red <laughs> robot. Pretty sure. Red one. Wow. That one I have seen that. It's been a long time. That would time. make sense. That would make sense. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's got that like nineteen fifties uh like appliance vibe to all the robots. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's it was, uh, it that movie cracked me up. Oh it's my so, goodness. There's so many random parts in there. It's like very random humor. And now that you mentioned Robin Williams was in there, that that makes a lot of sense. I'm pretty sure he was. Let me look it up. Um, Tammy said she saw uh, Black Widow on opening night. Ticket was 10 bucks. Oh, wow. Wow. Coworker rented it on Disney for $30 Whoa. for his whole family of four. <laughs> Well, save ten bucks. Yes, but yeah. they, so you save ten bucks. But do you get the same experience as you do if you were to go? You know, uh, when uh, Lord of the Rings was okay. Well, that's not true because Lord of the Rings was out like eighty-seven years ago. Uh, but uh, the Hobbit, when the Hobbit trilogy, trilogy was was coming through, um, my oldest son Stephen was like at, he was a big huge fan my kids are huge tolkien fans uh i mean tolkien audiobooks are on constantly at our place uh so we went to the movie theater to watch the tolkien uh hobbit release uh as they came out you know uh, you might how do you feel about 3d it's like a very gimmicky kind of thing to see 3d but i gotta say when you're in the theater i remember watching the last of battle of the five armies with my son and you're in this giant massive theater huge screen and the 3d was very good like it 3D was is not the same as what it was amazing to see some of those three 3d effects i felt the same about when they were trying to do it with uh with some of the star wars films too but um, yeah the 3d has gotten so good it used to be so bad it used to be like unwatchable like you'd get headaches now 3D is they've started utilizing it in a way that's just like it's enhancing the film, but it's not like a gimmick. Um, so uh, yeah, I think if you if you haven't seen a 3D movie in a long time, 
it's I would say it's almost it depends on how much it costs and all that stuff, but it, I think it's almost worth it to try 3D again. And now that you can buy you can buy tickets to seats that have uh, like the the vibration, they'll have sound oh, the effects. 4D, um, yeah, they'll uh, yeah. they'll do all of that kind of thing too. Yeah, that so. used to be like super cheesy, but like, I heard it's like really good now. Yeah, I mean, so they're really trying to enhance your experience in the theater. But I got to say that the nice thing about uh, theaters is just how comfortable the seats have gotten over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, they used to be horrible seats, and you spend uh, a two-hour film would just crush your backside. Yeah. I mean, it was just terrible. They have like reclining seats now. Oh. It's like fan like. <laughs> so I remember uh, when we moved to when I moved to New Hampshire, got married, started the family, and all that. My wife and I we found a, a, a dinner theater near our house in New Hampshire, and I can't remember the town that it was in. But I had never heard of or experienced anything like this. What it was so amazing, and in fact, I saw the Passion of the Christ two thousand four in three D. No, at oh. this dinner theater. So what this place did was the the theater was flat, like it wasn't like stadium kind of seating like normal. This was like a flat space, giant screen, had all the same uh, you know stereo effect, sound, all that was great. But uh, it was a big flat space. They had tables, and then for chairs. They took the seats out of Cadillacs and put them on rollers. Cadillacs? They were so comfortable. You could recline them. And so uh, you, you, you got there early. They, you could order dinner. So they would bring dinner to your table. You could buy drinks. And we, my wife and I would go on date nights there. I loved that theater for that reason. Like to re- just to, to recline your chair and we'll sit back and watch this film the most comfortable seats on planet Earth. They were so great. So great. Um, nothing like that. We, the, we, we, there was a dinner theater here locally. Uh, we first moved down here in 06, 07. And I went to it, and it wasn't even close to the same quality. It was instead of Cadillac seats, it was like office chair seats. And not even the expensive ones. Like the cheap office chair seats that you would find. <laughs> like they were terrible quality. And uh, and it was just it was a shame. Uh, so, I think that the place was called Chunkies. The theater was called Chunkies. Yeah, David L. Gray on uh, YouTube says Chunkies Theater. Yes, hey, David, our, our buddy uh, David. Yes, it was nice. called Chunkies. That's right. Woo, man! I tell you what, that was uh, that was quite the experience. And watching movies that way—that's the way to go, right there, right there. Uh, what else? Let's see here. Uh, Saint Teresa of Avila. Good morning to you. Praise be to God. Thanks for hanging out. Um, good morning, Christopher Velasquez. Yes, good morning. Good morning. Oh, I see someone um, on YouTube. It's uh, Genevieve. Good morning. Yeah, Genevieve. She said, hi, Adrian. I love Adrian. Thanks, Genevieve. So sweet. God love you as well. Much um, appreciated. Tammy says, the Navy Museum at, at uh, Naval Air Station Pensacola has some awesome 3D theater. You know, when I was a kid uh, living in Germany, Stuttgart, on the, uh, on the, uh, the, the Army base there, well, we went to the theater a lot, and um, they used to play the national anthem before, like, every every film. Wow. I doubt that that happens anymore. I wonder. I haven't been to a, a theater on a military base in forever, but I, I'd be curious Surprise. if that still happens. That's cool, though. Yeah. Um, know, there's a great movie. It's, uh, it's not the super appropriate for kids, but it's called, um, let me think of the name, Cinema Paradiso. It's an Italian film, and it's basically a love letter uh, about theaters, about the movie theaters. It's an excellent film if you love movie theaters, if you loved like growing up, going to movies. 
um, it just talks about it's about this guy who who um, this kid who was working at a movie theater and learned to love uh, working at a movie theater and then moved away and et cetera et cetera. It's a, it's a beautiful film. Um, it's it's uh, and it, oh and it really showed because it talks about like because it's it would hap- it takes it's an Italian film so it's in Italian. Uh, you'll have to read subtitles. But the uh, the thing about it is you see the influence of the church on movies and how it changed over time. It's kind of like how whenever I was watching Little House on the Prairie and it starts off and it's like them living a cabin in the woods, basically. Mm. And then by the end of the series, they're having the, the feminist revolution has begun oh, and they're man. living yes. in the industrial revolution. And you're like, whoa, what happened? Big time. It's the, uh, this movie, it shows a progression of like, of, or regression rather of movies uh, from when the kid was a was a child, where mm-hmm. the priest literally would come in and he would stand with the movie theater operator and and cut and he they put he would watch the movie before everyone else and he'd sit in the theater alone watching the movie and he'd yell out tab this and so he they put tabs there and they would keep going and then a tab this you know tab there and then they would literally get a blade and cut it and cut those scenes yeah. and cut them out. And they're like, okay, that's inappropriate. And the priest literally sat there and watched every movie uh, wow. beforehand. Uh, and that's what, how they, they made movies back then. That's the way they showed movies. The priest, the local priest would literally watch and make sure what uh, was appropriate for the entire community. Uh, whether or not you were a Catholic or not, didn't matter. If you were living in that community, the priest was going to watch those movies and cut out anything that they deemed to be inappropriate. Wild. Uh, and yeah, wild. And then you see the way that stops. The priest no longer does that, and mm-hmm. it starts going away, and then the films become more immoral over time. And you kind of see this progression going on in the movie theaters. It's very interesting. Cinema Paradiso, I'd highly recommend. Cinema Paradiso, I have to check that out. Not for kids. Not for children, he says. Well, hmm. Uh, there was it kind of reminded me of um, like a film that celebrated film, uh, but probably didn't get a lot of uh, uh, praise. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was um, a big director, uh, Hugo Martin oh, Scorsese. Yeah. It, I didn't see it. I read the book though. I watched it several times. It's it's appropriate for children even, and uh, it's very fascinating. Um, it's very highly produced. Obviously Martin Scorsese, uh, but. Uh, it, one of the main characters is somebody who uh, is portraying somebody who was instrumental at film, like the the foundation and the birth of film as a modern entertainment piece. Um, so it kind of uh, re- you know revolves around this mysterious character and the origins of movies. I, it was just very very fascinating. Hugo, um, we watched it several times with the family. Uh, I, I like the fact that I can watch it with the family um, without having to worry about things like language or inappropriate things you know so martin scorsese hugo you should check it out uh what else is on everybody's agenda today Mil- tammy says military bases still play the anthem oh praise be to god uh, and you have to stand yes praise be to yay god. and amen praise be to god so i like about you know the, uh, one of the fascinating things about military that i had forgotten actually is you know they play reveille every day and then they play taps every day and when they play taps no matter what you're doing on the base you stop you, you could be driving a car when taps is playing or when when they're when they're uh, bringing down the colors rather you, you not taps but you stop you get out of your car you stand if you're in the military you stand at attention if you're in uniform you salute uh, towards the f- the flag as they lower the flag and then they fold it and repose it for the night like no matter what you're doing you're gonna stop and pay attention I've always liked that. 
Uh, shows great respect. I wonder if that still happens. <laughs> Don said. Uh, I wonder. <laughs> nowadays, the priest would be banning TV commercials. Yeah, that's true. TV commercials are like softcore pornography nowadays. Uh, Buddy says, I took my niece to the last Harry Potter film. Joe, you're going to take your kids to see Harry Potter? No. Sorry. Oh, Big darn. no on that one. No, thanks. Darn. I, it was a struggle just trying to get through the, uh, through uh, Lord of the Rings and and The Hobbit. I mean, there are major differences between the two, in my opinion. Lori well, said... We need to get a brand on. Maybe brand? talk about that. Um, Who's brand? Professor Brand. Oh, Professor Brand. Yeah. 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 He's great. He's wonderful. Ooh, I like to talk... Oh, there's so many things I like to talk to Dr. Brand about. He is, he's excellent. Um, Lori said, we do that at Boy Scouts and Summer Camp. Wow. Praise be to God. Nice. Boy Scouts still exist? I didn't know that. <laughs> Stop. Easy. <laughs> Girl Scouts? Stop. Sorry. Ow, Sorry. Gender neutral minutes. Scouts. Gender a minute neutral and a half scouts. on the clock and you couldn't Sorry. resist throwing your... Leticia your said, jabs. I remember the drive-in theater. There are a few left. Oh, yes. yeah. I used to uh, go all the time. My family... Is there one near here? Uh, no, not near here. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on what you mean as near. It's like an hour and a half away. God love you, Tammy. Thanks for hanging out with us we, today. Bye, Tammy. Yeah, I saw Apocalypse Now at the drive-in theater. I saw The Jerk. I saw uh, a few Steve movies Martin there. At I the think it's Stripes. Showboat Drive-in Theater is the nearest um, drive-in theater in Houston. It's about an hour and a half out of Houston. It's it's a good place. So instead um, of cars, you use boats. Wait, what? Drive-in. No, you drive your car. Dr- you drive your car. You park your car. Yeah. And in the old days, you would get uh, a speaker on a pedestal. You'd take your speaker. You'd open your window. You'd bring your speaker. In and now you use your radio. And you, you hang it on your window. And then that would that's how you heard the film. Now, they just use, they broadcast the, the audio of the film into your radio on your car. Yeah. Uh, using a low-power low power FM transmitter. Yep, yep. It's super cool. I highly recommend if you've never done it. Uh, my family used to take us. We used to pile in the van and we would sit my, on the My the dad, don't tell it. anybody this, but my dad used to, he, he would drive in the exits of those. He would bring in, pop, he'd bring in boards. He'd bring in boards oh, and he would cover the spikes. Oh my gosh. Or, or, or we would, he would hide us in the trunk or something. Hide us under blankets in the back so they wouldn't charge. Because my dad made like $200 a month. You know, in the army, he made no money, so he he was he was cheating, and uh, we'd we'd sneak in the the popcorn and all of that stuff. My dad loved the drive-in theater. So a lot, crazy, a lot of memories. There's a lot of commitment right there. <laughs> Breaking the law, man. All right, uh, Don. Praise be to God. Uh, we're glad you were here with us. In the, he says, in the winter time, they add the heater for your car. Huh? That's interesting. That is going to do it for today's Catholic Drive Time. Thanks for hanging out with us, having a casual conversation. We love, we had a great show today with uh, Dr. Jules and uh, with uh, Daniel and, and all the information on the news stories we covered. It's a great show today. A lot of fun in the game show and hanging out with you casually like this. God love you. We'll see you back Thank here tomorrow. Thank you for joining us.